I've asked uh, my friend and brother in Christ, Ray, to speak today. Uh, he will be preaching the homily for us, and I'd like to pray for him before he does that. Lord God, we pray that you will pour out your blessing, peace, and anointing upon Ray. Strengthen him and fill him with your words. Give him a quick and faithful mind, Lord, that he might be able to share with us and impart to us the hope that is ours in you being our good shepherd. We pray, Lord God, that you would bless him as he preaches. And bless us all, Lord. May we receive the word. And may you make our hearts fertile ground for you to grow a great harvest inside of us, Lord, and to use us powerfully in this world. And we pray for your blessing upon him. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Father Seth, I took the words right out of my mouth. There we go. Um, I would like to pray one more for us as I begin, if you don't mind. Uh, Heavenly Father, um, I ask that you have your Holy Spirit descend gently upon us. Uh, Open our minds that it will be softened. Open our eyes, open our ears, and especially roll away the rock that's covering our heart that we may accept you as Lord and Savior. And I ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, first off, I'm not taking Father Seth's job. <laughs> I am... I, do you need somewhere There else? you go. Right in front of you. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not a priest. I'm not a rector. I do not have any uh, biblical scholars, uh, college education in the Bible. Besides what I've learned on myself and what God has opened and revealed to me on myself. So, if there's any arguments, talk to those guys. <laughs> now, uh, some of you uh, may know me as that person that has that little uh, electric car that I kind of roll around in town and my dog kind of walks me. I don't walk my dog, he walks me. Okay, we go where we go, and I just kind of hang on with dear life. Sometimes with a seatbelt, sometimes not. Well, what we have uh, actually done is we've gone around uh, through all every street in Grass Valley. We've ran out of places to go, so we'll probably have to hit Nevada City next. But uh, what we do is we go around and we talk to people. We may just simply say, hello, um, how you doing? What's up? How's your life going? What do you got going on? What are you doing? And you'd be surprised how many people want to really tell me what's going on in their life. And I have sat there. I actually bring a, a box of Kleenex with me because I'm always going out for people. Like, oh, my husband's up They ran over my cat. It's just their lives are terrible. Then they look at me and they go, oh. I'm sorry, I didn't notice. Anyways, how many times have we heard the story of the Good Shepherd? Many. Many, right? Even as we were children, we heard the story. Remember when we used to have those toilet roll uh, sheets that we used to make? And uh, we put popsicle sticks on the side, you know, the four corners, and then we'd fill it with cotton balls and you got a sheet. And you're part of the flock. <laughs> that was it. You bring it in, church, and mom and dad go, oh, what a 
wonderful thing that's great. Well, uh, you are actually, for the first time, um, going to hear this uh, sermon, or talk, or whatever you want to call it, from an actual shepherd. One who knows sheep. And that's me. Because I have a picture here to give you a witness to what uh, this little kid did. And I know it's going to be real hard for you people in the back to see. But that little boy at eight and a half years old was his first, oops, sorry. That was his first lamb. His first lamb was a Greek name that I, of course, you know, when you're in third grade, you know Greek. <laughs> uh, that's what they teach, right? Uh, how does this mean wise? God was already in my life at this point. I was a shepherd already, but I was taking care of sheep. Later on in life, now, sheep themselves are utterly defenseless and totally dependent upon the shepherd. Sheep are always subject to danger, always under the watchful eye of the shepherd as they graze or eat. They always seem to wander off, get lost, get stuck in the mud, nose first, you gotta yank them out, get it out so they can breathe again. But they have one thing they always do, they always get their head stuck in a fence. They can get it in, but they can't get it out. They will sit there until they die. Until a shepherd has a good eye on them, is clipping them out and gets them out. They just seem to be born to die. During the times of Jesus, there are robbers and thieves that used to take the sheep. Used to steal them. Wolves attacked the flock. And lions, tigers, and bears, all of them. Even David tells how he killed a lion and bear while he was defending his father's flock as a shepherd boy. My hero, my shepherd boy. They're out in the driving snow in the winter, blinding dust, burning sands in the summer, long, lonely hours each day, and all these shepherds patiently endures for the welfare of his flock. In fact, shepherds were frequently subject to grave dangers themselves, sometimes even giving their own lives to protect their sheep. In today's reading of the Gospel, Jesus begins with a passage, with a parable, I am the good shepherd. And then establishes his role as a shepherd, then begins to describe his love for the sheep. He gives a description of the relationship that he desires to have with you and I. He covers many aspects of that relationship, both he and we long for. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. We hear the word full many times in the context. Jesus' first objective was to bring his people back to the fold the Jewish nation, God's chosen. But there also, another part of that text that says, there are some not of this fold, 
that shall be brought back to this fold. That's us. And he's brought us back to his fold. Now a fold you may think of is a fold of a lamb, maybe a sheep with foldy sheep skin or something. It's not really. A fold is actually a, a, a containment, a place of protection that the shepherd would make at dusk, a rock enclosure about four feet tall, with um, thorny bushes on the top, and there was only one entrance into it where the shepherd would stay. These enclosures would protect the sheep and lambs during the day after they're done eating, uh, and they rest from the enemy. Thieves, robbers, wild beasts. Isn't that exactly what our Lord wants for us? To protect us? To protect us from the evil one? He wants us in his fold. He wants to protect us as we are his sheep. His sheep. We are his sheep. Not one of us should perish because we are his. This is actually the pre-crucifixion foreshadowing the days to come. On this side of the cross, we can see that he already began to put everything into place, set it in motion, gave up heaven and glory to confine himself to a limiting shell of humanity. This shell right here that all of us have, this shell, this corruptible shell that we have. He gave it all up to be this. Ultimately, to give up this flesh to be killed for us. Usually the people of Jesus' time really didn't understand. Um, so Jesus used words that were ingrained in the Jewish heart about the relationship of the shepherd and sheep. They weren't really uh, stupid. <laughs> I don't like to use it as not intelligent, we'll say. They just never experienced love this way. So why doesn't Jesus use a word that has a clearer meaning? It isn't the word is unclear. Rather that it can take on different meanings, just as good does. In addition to the basic good, the word that Jesus used can also be used to describe Something as precious, beautiful. The word good in this parable is used as excellent, noble, beautiful, ideal, perfect. With that meaning in mind, was Jesus pointing that far out that work of shepherds was concerned? Spiritually speaking, he was the model shepherd. He was the best example of a shepherd that one could ever help hope to find. He was ideal. He was perfect. A good shepherd has three outstanding characteristics. He loved, he has love and compassion. He knows each of the sheep by name, and they know his voice. They know the shepherd's voice. Me speaking as a shepherd, 
Um, my sheep were out on the pasture and it was nighttime and I wanted to bring them into my fold, my pen for the night and get a little grain that time so it was real, you know, get out of the gate or get run over type thing. But it used to be, um, here piggy 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 piggy, here piggy 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 piggy, here piggy piggy, and they would pop up their heads and find out where it is and come around. If I'm in that gate, they'd knock me right over to get in the pen because they know it's time to come in because I got them in my fault. He places his body between sheep and any kind of harm that will be, and he will give his life protecting the sheep. He will give his life protecting the sheep. Jesus' greatest commandment that he gave us is that you love one another as I have loved you. For no greater love than he lay down his life down for his own. God and Jesus to the Jew. God was far away with the Jewish nation. You know in the temple they had way back there they had the Holy of Holies covered up with a big old thing curtain, then they had the Pharisees and other dressy guys, and then more dressy guys, and down on the stairs, and you might have some of the Jewish men that were a little higher up in the ranking, and then it keeps going back, and then the women were back there. <laughs> That's how it was. So God was way far away. God is here now. When he gave up his last breath up on the cross for us. And he says, into my hand, into, into you, Lord, my spirit, into your hand, or my, yeah, you know what I mean. Into my, into my, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And the ripping of the uh, curtain was top to bottom. God to earth. Jesus opened that up, gave us right up to the Father to call us that we're able to call on the Father, the common Father. I know my sheep. My sheep know me. God desires close intimacy, not distant servitude can't be a one-way street. That kind of intimacy can only happen between two willing parties. Me and Jesus. You and Jesus. Jesus claimed as his own, my sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. Many of you know of the couple decades battle that I've had with cancer ups and downs that I've had with it, the good and bads. Um, I depended on man to heal me. Man failed. Man will always fail. One by one, my doctors have told me, turned me away, and said, there is no hope. It's just a matter of time. Get your affairs in order. There's nothing more we can do. 
Nothing more we can do for you. Nothing more we can do for you. That's it. To most, this statement might be devastating. Not to me. Yes, I'm in 24-7 agonizing pain all the time. And they just want to give me more pain medication to, to knock me out. That's not what I want. It's not what I need. I have what I need. I finally have the greatest doctor that anybody has in Jesus Christ. And it's his will now. How long he wants me to serve him. How long I will be able to. And every morning when I wake up and see that sun in the eastern sky, I thank him for giving it to me. And ask him, what do you want me to do for you today? That's before I even put one foot down on the ground. Those people put two feet. I put one foot down. just might be somebody that's screaming in a parking lot. Everybody else is walking by and, you know, because there's a hysterical woman there and nobody wants to have anything to do with this hysterical woman. Not me. <laughs> I roll right up there, hold out my hand and says, can I help you? I can't find my bus ticket. That's what her only problem was. She couldn't find her bus ticket. So I prayed with her. I said, would you mind if I pray with you to see if you can find that? You would do that for me? That's my job. I have to. I don't get in trouble. And so we prayed. I said, Jesus, please help us find her. Bless the gate. I said, look in your purse. There it was. Right there, right there. We talked for an hour, probably an hour and a half afterwards. You know, about God, about my faith, about her faith, or lack of it at that particular time. I don't know. Maybe I planted a seed. Maybe it went on fertile soil. I do not know. That's not that's an offering to judge. But even though, um, actually, it's been you know that I can really count on Jesus because He's watched over me even before I was born. We have a picture of an eight and a half year old child down here. Somehow knew Greek and was a shepherd. And he has maybe an adult shepherd now. Jesus is my shepherd. And even though I walk through the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because he's there with me. What more do I have fear? I don't care what the doctors say. They're just men. We're just men. I'm just a man, I think. <laughs> That's all I love. We're just people. Here. We're on the same trip, guys. We're on the same road. Okay? He is the good shepherd. For in my Father's house there are many dwellings. 
and I go to prepare one for you. He's actually preparing one for me. You think I want to go out and, you know, talk to people? No, I'm sorry guys. I want to go in, you know, God's house and see what he's got. You know, coffee table and nice, you know, real golden floors and just spectacular paradise. But better for you that I stay here. As Paul said. If this was not true, Jesus said, I would have told you. Many of you have been inspired by me, as you said. Usually, you know, they catch me on a walkway or out somewhere. Oh, you were such an inspiration. I usually get, and then, aw, shucks, you know, I usually kick a bucket or a can kind of look away or anything, but actually what you're seeing is not me. You're not seeing me. You're seeing somebody from above. That's what you're seeing. You're seeing Jesus, our God, our Lord, our Savior, from above, through me. That's what you're seeing. So when you say, oh, hey, I'm so inspired, it's not me. Because I don't know how to react to that because I'm not doing anything. I'm just living. Just like you. Just living. If he inspires you, that, that's the relationship that God wants to have you with him. Just like the Father and the Son. Do you hear the voice of the Good Shepherd today? Not in your ear, but you hear it somewhere else. You tugging on your heart. You hear it here. You're being called. Lord God Almighty is calling you now. Perhaps you hear the call of the Good Shepherd. You hear the calling. Tugging on your heart. Father Seth is going to ask us to come up here soon, up to the table that he prepared for us. He spread a table before us. He says, Come to my table. As we come up to the altar, Jesus gave of himself and spread before him his body, the bread, and his blood, the wine. Just maybe today is when you present yourself, yourself, as the one that laid down his life, surrendering yourself and all to our God and Lord. Don't let your understanding try to figure it out. Don't use this up here. Feel it here. Because this will talk me out of it. Because of pride, ignorance, it's not for me. I can wait. You can't wait. We don't know how much time I have. We don't know how much time we have. I could be gone tomorrow. Hallelujah! Amen! See you guys! Sorry! <laughs> I'm in paradise! 
Have fun. I'm gone. We don't know. Don't wait. When you're at the rail, ask Jesus to save you. Let him know you have sinned. We've all sinned. You've probably been in about ten times even before you got here. Looked at your watch. Ah, it's a quarter of ten. I don't really want to go to church. Look at the guy's car next door. Look at the car. Man, I wish I had that car. I mean, it's miles long. Ten things Moses gave us. Most of us can keep one. So when you come up here, ask Jesus to save you. Let him know you sin and to forgive you and ask you to take you into his life and his heart today. He will accept you just the way you are and take you into his fold as one of his own forever. Are we qualified to be shepherds according to God's criteria? We need to be feeding the lambs and the sheep, bringing them the good lands and water, grooming and clipping them, delivering new lambs, leading them and teaching them to stay together, going off after the wandering lost ones. I'm one of them. You gotta bring me back to the fold. I always will go this way, but then you gotta bring me back this way. And protecting the shield in the field and bring him into the fold. God said to me, You raised me up so I can stand on mountains. You raised me so I can walk on stormy waters. I am strong when I am on your shoulders. I don't know if you've ever been in any of the old church windows that you can see. You see the shepherd carrying the lamb on his shoulders. That's what that means. I'm the strongest when he's carrying me. He raised me up so I can be more than me. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.